Yo, so like the other day, actually, this wasn't the other day. I think this was last night. You weren't on yet, or you might have been on. No, you were on. Um, I'm playing Rocket League with uh, Kev and his friend Greg, and we're playing in a tournament, right? So mm -hmm. it's a 3v3 tournament. Kev is worse at Rocket League than you are trying to play soccer, footy, football. I say oh, yeah. soccer because we call it car soccer, but usually we refer to football, whatever. Yeah. Greg and I won this tournament basically with a 2v3. <laughs> yeah, Kevin is not good at Rocket League. Uh, for anyone wondering, this is our friend um, from school. Um, but he actually introduced the two of us. He is a complete bot at video games. Yeah. Honestly, like we dog on Kev a lot, but we do owe him a lot because... The show wouldn't be there if it weren't for Kev. Um, we wouldn't be homies if it weren't for Kev. Yeah. But Kev, Kev and Rocket League don't get along. Greg and I were going off. We were, like, cranking things out. I was making saves. We led the tournament in goals. Greg and I each led the tournament in goals individually. Like. And I'm literally just playing Smurfs and Ones. Yeah, Carl gets clapped. Uh, nah, I've been doing good, honestly, against the Smurfs. I feel like they've been taking it easy on me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yo, nah, one kid was actually GC, though, and I was just like, I hate my life. For anybody who doesn't know Rocket League, GC means Grand Champ, and Grand Champ means absolutely going to destroy me and Carl. Yes, that that's all you have to know. I'm Diamond, he's Grand Champ. GG's. It would, it's kind of like, you know, if a non-league side goes up against, like, Man City. No, it's as if I have no arms. It's kind of like if a youth side goes up against Man City. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Fun game, Or a though. Barcelona women's team. Like, any game. Like... That was a good one. Hey, yo, welcome back to the High Kicks podcast. How are we doing, Carl? What is good? Uh, how are you, bro? I'm good. I'm finally readjusted back really like on the East Coast time after spending last week in Austin at South by Southwest and then spending a couple days in LA. Both of those were like a really great time. I got to see um, a friend from home in LA. I got to hang out with uh, Laddie, who yep. is uh, one of Carl's old roommates from uh, junior yes. and senior year at school. So it was oh, a really good time. Really good time. Highlight of the trip was I at South by Southwest. I went to a live recording of a podcast called MLS The Call Up. And I had been planning on going to it all week for multiple weeks before because we got the schedule pretty early. And I checked it on my way over there. And I don't know how I missed this, but the guest on the live taping was Claudio Reyna. <laughs> so, like, I pull up. I'm sitting in the front row. Claudio comes out. They start recording. 
And then I got to meet him and take Insane. a picture with him and talk with him. So, like, it was just really cool overall. I found out that he grew up, like, not even 15 minutes away from where I am from. Hey, sir. Yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. It was a really, really cool experience, like, watching a more professional podcast be recorded. The hosts were fantastic. They were very, very nice. It was more MLS-centric, which is not necessarily my forte. Yeah, but... of course, because I'm... I'm not even a fan of MLS. It's growing, though. It really, really is. Yeah. One of my favorite things that they talked about was they asked Claudio who, because he was a midfielder, they asked Mm -hmm. him who the most difficult person he played against was in his career. And the names that this man rattled off that he played against in the midfield Lampard, Scholes, Vieira. I'm just like, what? And he he said, which kind of, this took me by surprise. He said the most difficult opponent he had was Steven Gerrard. Interesting. And then what didn't take me by surprise is when they asked him what the most difficult stadium he ever had to play in was. Yeah. He said Anfield. Oh, that actually surprises me a little bit. Really? What would you think it would be? I don't know. Like, sometimes, like, the Bernabeu and a couple other places can get to people like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more so because he spent some time in the Prem, so he played at Anfield more often. So, like... That is definitely true. Multiple trips to Anfield versus... I don't know what his Champions League experience was in terms of who he played against and where he went. Yeah, I'm not actually familiar. I would think one game at the Bernabeu isn't enough to put it up against multiple seasons of playing at Anfield. Yeah. But like in terms of actual pressure, uh, sometimes when you're under the lights in these situations, or maybe if you're in London against Bayern, like you, you just, <laughs> do not I thought you were going to make time. a, I thought you were going to make a cold rainy night in Stoke joke there. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I love that you can do it at Anfield. You can do it at Old Trafford. You can do it at Camp Nou. You can do it at the Bernabeu. But can you do it on a cold rainy night at Stoke? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just a really good experience and all that. I was about to ask how your break was, but you're not in school anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get breaks. Sorry, not sorry. You only work weekends, my guy. Bro, I don't even work anymore. I'm moving out, so... Uh, well, yeah, you're moving up the to the news. Cape to work. Yeah, but I'm working like 40 plus hours a week. Nice. Nice. Not going to be fun. So as far as games go, um, we're just going to touch upon, I think, what we thought was most interesting. Um, yeah, we do. We do not have predictions. No. For this week, because games. we're. We're going up. Okay. Yeah. Because we're going up for an international break. So, no league football until April 2nd. Which, yeah, stuff happens. But, 
And especially with some games being postponed during this week, it was not a very exciting week, but some games happened and the title race is closer, so we have some things to mention. Yep, yep, and we're going to jump into mostly just one game, I think, outside of League, and then I think it's been a little while since we've talked about um, the most dominant team in the world. Oh yeah. So we 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 should give them a little a little bit of a highlight right there especially because um Women's El Clasico yes is tomorrow. Oh, we can also mention the Men's El Clasico. That's what I meant when I said we're going to talk about one game out of the Premier League. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Jesus, I'm a Yeah. Bar. So I'm just going to run it back. So first off, we didn't have an episode last week because I wasn't well, there. Hold we on, hold on. I recorded one. I got <laughs> Carl and Val recorded an episode, but I'm still going to take the blame on this because I was supposed to teach Carl how to use OBS and how to do the proper recording. And I was I also tra- supposed to open up Riverside and let them in so they could record. Yeah, um, I tried to edit two Audacity files that I couldn't actually get one because it kept on corrupting. Um, yeah, and I couldn't overlay them, so it didn't even matter. Yeah, so that happened. <laughs> I should have told you to pirate Adobe Premiere. Yeah, that probably would have been easier. Yeah, but... So we didn't have an episode last week. Partially my bad. It would have been a lot easier if I had just opened up Riverside, but I took a very long nap while I was in Austin. I take a very long nap almost every day. But the first game I kind of want to touch on was my personal favorite result of the week. Um, why why week is this your favorite result? My favorite result of Palace Drawing City? Oh, yeah. I still thought we were talking about the Barca Real game. I was like, no, no, why, I said, why is I, that your favorite result? I segued into the first game I want to talk about was. Yeah. yeah. So first off, right here, Palace has not dropped any. Well, they've dropped points because they drew, but they have come out on top in terms of points with City this season. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It's bizarre, and it was, I didn't get to watch the match because I was at South by Southwest, I was tired, I took a nap. Looking at the stats for this game, it doesn't look like it should have been a nil-nil draw. Oh no, definitely not, but Palace actually did a great job at shutting sitting city down uh city was able to pressure a lot from the outside but not able to connect on a lot of their shots a lot of clearances were made by palace in really keen positions and they were able to shut them down within their box and really put pressure on them in strange ways like it it wasn't like it, it was great they played a sort of spurs as style when uh when we're talking about super trying to counterattack of course they didn't put any in the net they only had a shot on target and I, i'm not gonna say it was a super dangerous threat but 
they were able to pull out the draw against a very, very good City side. And Liverpool's the only reason why we're really touching on this more than we have to. Because yeah. Liverpool had a great week. Liverpool had a great, great week. A 2 no win versus Arsenal. That kind of... We've been talking all about Arsenal and how... How they're good like a top been, four. How their come up has been. This match just kind of showed that while they are progressing on the come up, on the come up, they have a little bit of a ways to go. Yeah, exactly. Because then but we I, were able to see Arsenal have another match against Villa and pull out a decent win. Yeah. Yeah. So this was more about Liverpool's win, I think, than Arsenal's loss because Arsenal played yes. quite well. Liverpool's just the better side. I actually right now don't think there's too many sides in the Prem that I would say are better than Arsenal, which is horrendous that that is coming out of my mouth. I think Arsenal can lose to like a couple like so losing and sides, but like yeah, yeah, being worse than exactly like exactly that was the point i was about to make because i I wouldn't say they're they're worse than spurs i wouldn't say they're worse than man U. i wouldn't say they're worse than villa i wouldn't say they're worse than west ham but like they're they could potentially lose to these teams on yeah i would say the only three teams i would say that they're actually worse than are city liverpool and chelsea yeah I I agree. I don't think there's much argument right now with the way that Ramsdale is holding it down and that center back duo along also with like crazy wingers, a great midfield, decent like striker who's just setting a lot of things up in Lacazette. And then you yep. also have good fullbacks. Like, bro, it's a all around great side. Of course, like they're really young, but they're developing into their own. So it's great to see. If Bakoyo Saka doesn't win Young Player of the Season, I don't know. I literally just don't know. Watch Foden uh, win still. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. They were just like, oh, yeah, last year? Yeah, it carries over into this year? Here you go. <laughs> quick quick table rundown. Liverpool are now... A point. A point back of City. A yeah, point. Yeah, so City, City have 70. Liverpool have 69. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, Chelsea at 59 weird because it's 10 below so it's like all right you're sort of out of the title race even though no, you have a game it. in hand they're out of um, the title race yeah Arsenal has 54 so they're even catching up on Chelsea right now they're playing extremely well as we've said week in and week out yeah Tottenham have been playing well they're playing better than Man U and are currently in fifth and then it's Man U West Ham and Wolves but Wolves are on a decline. West Ham are playing relatively well. Uh, Man U sort of teetering. Um, Villa could easily take a top eight spot being in ninth place. And Leicester's moving Villa, up the table. You do, you do realize that Villa's 10 points out of eighth. I think they could still do it. Okay, okay. Wolves are on that much of a decline right now, which is super bizarre to say. Just because... Like, when Jimenez isn't in full form, if they're in, like, a scrappier match than what they want, 
because they set up like scrappy matches sometimes. Yep. But when teams pressure in different ways, we're starting to see Wolves get figured out. So I I love watching them play. I predicted them to win um, against Leeds. I thought I they did were not. going to. Um, I did too. And then I checked the score and I was like, whoa. Yes. Before we get into that game, though, um, Spurs had a very nice display against Brighton. Yes. Let's not just gloss over that. And then they had yeah. a brilliant display against West Ham. I I wouldn't say brilliant, but they played. Oh good. no! Did did you did you watch it? No, I only it saw like highlights. It was brilliant. It was, yeah, they they played fantastic. Okay, because I I the pressure that was put on just within like they played they played they came out swinging. Minutes. So in yeah. terms of predictions for this week, because we're not having a segment, I'm just gonna run it down. I got yeah. ten points. Carl got what'd you say? Four. Four. Yeah. So it, it is, is currently one ninety seven to one ninety two. And I just Val, need to note that I was down by like twenty at one point. Yeah, I don't know when. But uh Val won last week and this week he forgot to submit submissions. So <laughs> we'll move on to next week for Val because honestly it doesn't even matter. But he won last week, so I just have to mention that. He had fourteen, okay. Ryan had thirteen, and I had eleven. So last week was more fun in terms of predictions. He had four games. He had fourteen. He had a great week. Wow. It, it, wow. It, yeah. I was impressed so, too. Another not to gloss over Spurs Brighton, but I'm gonna talk more about Spurs when it comes to West Ham. The Everton-Newcastle match threw me off. Oh, yeah. I... Well, even looking at, like, in now, just looking at the 1-0 score is still throwing me off. They scored that goal down a man. Yeah. But uh, the biggest thing I want to talk about with that game wasn't even play. What was it? So... At some point in the second half, a fan ran down onto the pitch and zip-tied his neck to the goalpost and revealed a shirt that was like a stop oil. Interesting. Like, it it was an oil protest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Apparently, somebody else tried to do it during the uh, Liverpool-Arsenal match, but... Yeah. I, I don't think that would slide up that much. But so it, it took them an extended period of time to remove to, it. Uh, to remove it. Uh, they got bolt cutters. They got a couple other things. Dude was just standing there like. Try it. Wait, <laughs> just like waiting, waiting for it to whatever. Um. <laughs> It, it, there's like I feel like there's a time and a place for protest. I completely agree. Like I, I don't think directly like, interfering with things are completely not sound even that. ways of. Well, but, not even that. That's not where I'm going at it. Like okay. Like he is gonna go. He's gonna get charged. Yeah. He's not gonna be able to go back to games. That's what I mean in terms of time and place. Like, 
Well, yes, we don't protest. know if he was like a fan of the sport or anything. We don't know if this guy literally just went to the game in order to try to protest. We don't know what happened. I just don't think like people always think about that in terms of like, oh yeah, this is for like people to come together. Like it's already like a means of like togetherness. Yeah. There isn't like, I, I understand there's a lot of oil money in football and there's a lot of issues regarding the environmental crisis, but it, there's different ways in order to show that and different ways to try to alleviate this issue. Yeah. Yeah. I I just like a nine off of the protest back to the match, a 90 yeah. plus nine minute winner. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it right here and right now, Newcastle through this game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, up a man. Uh, up a man dominating through this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Like I, Everton should not have won this Newcastle through it. I love the way that Newcastle have been playing. I guess um, that loss got more into their head than I originally anticipated because after that undefeated run, Newcastle just have not looked the same. Um, yeah. Once they it got wasn't, defeated. It wasn't all- and- oh, yeah, it was. I guess it is undefeated. Yeah, because they had some ties in there. It's not mm-hmm. the, just a winning streak, but um, yeah. it was extremely impressive what they were doing week in and week out. I know they didn't have Trippier in this match, who's a massive component of that side, but you still dominated the, the game. You should be able to put a couple more chances. Yeah. Past Everton. Yeah, that's fair. Just head shakes. Just head shakes. Yeah. And then Leeds Wolves. So I I went with Leeds in this match. I had faith. I thought they were going to win. I checked the match. It's 2-0. And it was 2-0 yeah. Wolves. Like, at half. Rather, yeah, at half. Um, Rola Menez gets a red card. In like the 55th. 53rd. Yeah. And then Jack Harrison, Rodrigo, and Luke Ayling. They score tides. They, tides shifted, and yeah. So that that match was interesting. I late comebacks are always great. Watching Love the celebration, watching the celebration of Leeds, like when they scored. Beautiful sight to see. Beautiful sight to see. I love watching Leeds play because it's a collective team effort, very similar to um, the way that Leicester plays. I love their new style under Jesse Marsh. Yeah, they're playing extremely well. Yep. Yep. And it's it's not just all out. Yeah. They have structure. They're defending. They're they're not going for broke. Yeah, Ailing had an amazing match this game, ended up slotting a goal that made him man of the match and he he was great but we wouldn't be talking about him in the same way like last year we did of course speak about ailing because he was great on the attacking end and able to run back on defense and sometimes get there so we would highlight primarily his attacking prowess and then a little bit of his defense and yes i said prowess but 
Um, it's okay if you say it. It was just a little annoying when you'd be talking about things. You're like, Yo, he prowess, has prowess. He has times. prowess. He has prowess. This kind of yeah. prowess. This kind of prowess. Like the word skill and ability and just the sentence. He's good at this also exist. Yeah, exactly. But his <laughs> his attacking capabilities were what we were highlighting rather. Hey, than you used another defensive. word. Yes. Rather than his defensive skills because it 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 just wasn't their system we were able to see a lot more of that in this game so i'm really excited to see for the future of Leeds because with that young side they can do Mm -hmm. a lot very similar to arsenal but um they aren't as good as this arsenal side no no so speaking of arsenal they had a nice win against villa not too much to talk about there really um they played a good game and they played a great match couldn't keep up bokoyo saka scored um the club's 2000th premier league goal it's fitting it is kind of fitting yeah he's fantastic he just really is i have to mention one thing too uh Kane is the all-time leading away scorer in the oh, Premier League. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a good segue into Spurs. Brighton. Yeah. The craziest thing about that is he he did it in so many less games. Yeah, let's not even talk about that because I hate it. Like, like Rooney was the previous leader. Oh, Rooney was the previous leader by a lot, too. Like... Rooney. Yeah, so I just I just need to throw out there for everybody. Crazy. So the top four, starting at four in this category. Arguably, so number four might be the most impressive for me because he's a midfielder. Um, Frank Lampard scored 85 away goals in 305 appearances. Alan Shearer yep. scored 87 away goals in 219 appearances. Yep. Wayne Rooney scored 94 away goals and 243 appearances. Yeah. Harry Kane has scored 95 away goals in 139 away matches. Yeah. So um like, looking back on Harry Kane like when were we he, what year so, was it? I don't know, but if Harry Kane doesn't ever leave Spurs and never wins a trophy, just for our American listeners out there who maybe footy's not your full sport, or for our uh, major footy fan listeners who don't know too much about American football, in my eyes, he will be the Dan Marino of English football. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think that. But yeah, like he could be like Allen Iverson. Like, yeah, they, they, there's a couple people on that list, maybe even Carl Malone, because like of the way that he's scoring at such an extended rate, because Carl Malone, yeah, if you guys don't know, basketball was just passed by LeBron James, who is previously number two all time in scoring behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, but back into footy. So, yeah, Spurs took it to West Ham. Like, took it to West Ham. Also, I didn't know this, but Kane was a um, 16th birth 
birthday scholarship contract. <laughs> so uh, he signed an 09 for your Spurs under 18. Wow. Yeah. So th- this match really, I. So first off, Kurt Zuma got charged with an own goal for the first goal. It was technically an own goal, but Sun did all the work and took a shot that was going to go in and Zuma like slid in to block it and it went in anyway off of him. So that was an own goal. Wait, did you see the wait, 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 wait. Did you see the clip where uh it showed Zuma kicking the ball at Sun and then everyone's like, Bro, why are you kicking Sun now just like the cats? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's never gonna live that down and he never should live that down. No, he's gross for doing that. In my eyes, um I credit Sun with a hat trick in this match, even though he didn't get one technically. Harry Kane had both assists on Sun's other two goals. Um, yeah, Spurs took it to West Ham. But Saeed Ben-Rama's finish was fantastic. It was like yes. a hard cross, very difficult to finish. He had to like open up his body and line up the finish, and he drilled it. I'm just, I'm so happy that like he's... That. Yes, but I'm so happy that he's in the prem because oh, yeah. he was he was in the championship for a little too long in my opinion. Well, there's always players like that. Like um I would have liked to see more of Charisma in the Premier League and a couple other players. But yeah. stuff happens. Yeah. Honestly, so, before yeah. everything like with like off the field Ramas in the Prem would have been a lot of fun to see. Prison FC. So, um, did you catch any of the Leicester Brentford match? No, I did not. So, after we're done recording, you need to go watch the two goals that Leicester scored. Oh, did Leicester clap back? Or just watch them now. But so Timothy Castagna scored an absolute rifle. Top left side of the box rips it into the top right corner. And then James Madison hit a ridiculous free kick. Like both goals, keeper had no chance. Defense couldn't really do anything. Were they outside of the box? Yes. Okay. Rippers, then. Rippers. No, so, like, Castagna's shot came off his foot and was slicing away from the keeper towards the top corner. Like, oh, yeah. un- unsavable. Oh, yeah, and that's then, very corner. And then um, Madison's free kick went up and over a rather tall Brentford wall and went into the other corner. Yeah. You see the free kick? Yeah, no. That literally reminds me of the way that Trippier takes free kicks. That was disgusting. That was uh beautiful. That was just Uh what you need to do in that situation. Okay, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But so Leicester was up 2-0 and Brentford ended up pulling back a goal. 
but yep. Brentford more, it was more it's of much. it was more of a consolation in my mind because it was 85th minute. Yeah, exactly. But That's they did I mean. they did pull back a goal. So before we slide into um El Clasico, yes. I just I'm upset, Carl. Trent Alexander Arnold is hurt. Oh damn it! I was gonna say the Drake song. Uh, Trent's hurt. Yes. Uh oh, uh, shucks, sucks. Yeah, he's yeah. got he's got a hamstring oh. injury. Damn. So, all right, actually, I have James Harden in my fantasy playoffs right now, and he just pulled in hamstring. I swear to God, I'm gonna smack that man. I'm gonna travel to the city, <laughs> and figure out where he is, like play for me, James Harden. <laughs> Nah, but so Trent Trent being hurt's a big bummer. Um, yes, I'm hoping he's back for Champions League and for when we play um, City. Yes, uh, we get to see Liverpool play City twice coming up soon. It's gonna be exciting. because once in the Premier League, once in the FA Cup. Yep. Very, very, very excited about that. Very, very excited about that. And also, I because last week we weren't able to give you guys an episode, Man U's out of the Champions League, like typical Man U fashion. So, um, yeah. Also, Villarreal smacked. Smacked Juve. Yeah, I was not expecting them to be here, but they aren't really going to have a great time in the next leg i'm gonna be they have Bayern, right yeah yeah oof it's an oof if you were real madrid and you pulled Bayern. well that's a pretty good segue because given how real madrid played against barca yeah um it would be a major oof because so i'm i'm watching footy all day sunday and I'm just waiting for El Clasico. I'm just waiting because I was expecting, even though Benzema was out, Bro, I, was I was expecting Real to have like eight goals. Well, there was no Benzema, so I wasn't expecting eight goals, but I was expecting like 3-1 Madrid, something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Barcelona came out swinging and swinging yeah. and swinging. Like, when I tell, because you didn't get to watch this because you were at work, right? Yeah. But so I when watched I the highlights, you, damn sure. When I tell you that this match could have been like. The, this was eight, a smacking. This, eight this was nothing a Barcelona. smacking. This could have been 8 nothing Barcelona. Yes. Like, Usman Dembele's finally starting to look like the wonder kid he was supposed to be, even though he's not a wonder kid anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually think, given this run of form, if it stays and he doesn't get injured, he will sign another contract and stay at Barcelona. Um, they want to keep him. I heard reports that he was wanted to stay at the side, but yeah, the main issue um, is just injury and availability. I also think the Obama Yang signing was the best of both worlds for, or best of all three worlds for players side oh my and side. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my goodness, he, yeah. He had fallen out at Arsenal. He was done there. He needed to change his scenery. He's been on fire. 
I literally thought he didn't have this in him anymore. I thought he was still like old. Like I knew he was as quick as he's able to show, but oh my goodness, his finishing is still top class. Yeah, he their whole side and Pedri is just special. Everyone in the side clicked in this match. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. They smacked Real Madrid. Literally just smacked them. We can't even say that Real Madrid stood a chance in this match. And I I feel bad for Real Madrid because not the men's side only, but the whole club. Because they're about to get smacked by Barcelona men and Barcelona women back to back in like three days. A Barcelona women's side will probably make the match like fourteen to one because the men's won four nothing. Yeah, so Xavi I, has actually said uh-huh. that the Barcelona women are an example for the men. Yeah, like we haven't updated you guys on this in a little bit, but Barcelona femini are now um twenty four. O and O, 136 goals scored, six against. So that's a positive 130 goal differential. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I played FIFA against like my boys. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't able to score that many goals. So yeah, yeah, they are officially so, better than me at real life football. In if if I were playing FIFA against like a 12 year old, probably. Yeah, they are. They're just so good. I wish I could watch them more instead of just following the statistics. Yeah. Because I just, I would love to see grown women professional footballers make other grown women professional footballers look like children. Look like bots. Literally look like NPCs in like video games. Yeah. But like with, with like. St- custom like moves that you beat them (laughs) like they they are playing professional footy on amateur mode you know that one like i don't know if it was nike or adidas commercial but it was against uh all the robots yeah they're the robots no no, no, no. This um, are you talking about the World Cup commercial where they brought in yeah, the robots? Yeah, yeah. Yep, so yep, yep. they're the ro- they're the robots because the robots were better they didn't than everybody. Dog and them though. They uh, did until them. in the commercial when they put together a team of all the best in the world. Yeah, that's fair. But that's it what I was take... talking about. They they were the best team in the world. Yeah, it it like, would take to beat the Barcelona women. It would take. Every other women's club in the world to get their best players together. Well, I was going to say it would take like the U.S. national team mixing with like the Brazilian and the English national team. Maybe. So literally the entire. (laughs) Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Also, also the Dutch national team. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say you're forgetting the Netherlands. Like Um, those, those, those four sides put together. With their best 11, Would I think still probably maybe. lose. Like, this Barcelona woman's side is... Pretty un- much every... Every single one of these women could have won the Ballon d'Or. 
Yeah. They like, are, it's comical. They are just on a whole nother level. Like, if you don't pay attention to women's football, pay attention to Barcelona Femini because they are changing the landscape of the game. They're stupid. They, they are just so good. They are changing what it means to be invincible because when Arsenal went invincible, they had a lot of draws. Barcelona yeah, might um, might not lose this season. So instead of an invincible season, they will literally be god undefeated. Like I, I will give them that title. Like we'll we'll have a little pyramid, and it's just a Barcelona women's team. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna slide back to the men's real quick. Um, as one of the last little things I want to talk about. Yeah. I after all these years of watching Xavi coach at Al Sadd. And everybody saying he's going to be a great manager and everybody being like, we have to figure out like, you know, how great of a manager, how long it will take him. I think he is on track right now to be. To turn into potentially one of the greats. I know. I know it's I know it's early. Bro, the way that he's turned this side around. Yeah. Like like, it's absolutely nuts. It took a couple matches from when he got brought on. There were some issues. It's going to take time. Bro, 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 bro. You just said it took a couple matches. That's it. Literally. Like, if we're really talking about the side, that's it. Like, they are probably winning the Europa League with the way that they're playing. And they could, like, of course, I'm pretty sure Real Madrid have La Liga locked up pretty much at this point. They do. They do. But Barcelona will be able to take that second place and deservedly so. Yep. Like they yep. are playing extremely well. They are. It, it's it's special. And like Xavi's doing this with like Yes, he's made some good signings, but he hasn't he doesn't have any like bona fide superstars that the, typically this like an, this is an Barcelona old Barcelona has. I think he'll turn them into old Barca. Yeah, he's exactly. making he's making Camp New a destination again. Mm-hmm. I wonder. So, like, the main thing with Xavi being there is, I think he's gonna find the perfect replacement for Busquets. Who? Where do you think he's gonna find that? I don't know where. I don't even know if that player has like come into existence yet. But but you he think he's gonna find, find him? Yeah, I think he's going to find it. Like, honestly, he's going to create such a dynamic midfield. Pedri, Javi, uh, Gavi, and whoever he finds. Because he, he already has the quote-unquote Javi and Iesta. Yeah, he has the duo. He just um, needs that third piece. And if he finds that third piece, that it is going to be the same exact team that we used to see. He might without. already have it. I don't know. I mean, Nico is really good. I know. There's a lot of good players. I, I also, just don't Carl, think anyone's Carl, like a direct Carl, replacement right now. Huh? We haven't even listed De Young. Yeah, but De Young isn't that style. He's not like, that style, but he and has. Also, I'm talking more long term, I think, because oh, even though. Do you not think Frankie's long term? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be long-term. Fair. 
I think he's definitely in the immediate side right now, but I could see Frankie leaving just because Xavi is going on a different path and he doesn't want to end up playing backup because it it's possible if everything goes according to plan that those two Spanish center mids will end up trying to replicate a Iniesta Xavi. And of course, it's disrespectful to say that they will be even near that level. But if they can replicate even glimpses of that on that scale, I would pretty much take that over. So uh, I, I'm, this is young. not me saying I think they are or can be near that level. But both of them at the age that they are at. At the age that they are, they are, are probably amazing better. Signs better and more established than yes. either of the two of them were at this age. Exactly. So I don't want to say they will be better, but it, it's great seeing. And I, I want to see their progression throughout their careers. And also like we got Jude Bellingham's and other players, but like that's another topic. So on Jude, before we sign off, I was talking to a friend about this at baseball mm-hmm. and as a Liverpool supporter, if somebody comes calling this summer and wants to purchase Sadio Mane in the realm of 30 to 40 million, I think Liverpool should do it. I think you just look to win the Champions League and you just ball out and sign Bellingham. But I also think, like, Hear me Bro, out. Think about I, it. Wait, wait, wait. No, just, let let just me say it because if you win the Prem and the Champions League, you just sign Bellingham straight up. You keep Mane and you keep that squad. I know. But I'm saying worst case scenario because case Mane's, right Mane's, Mane's contract is up at the end of next year. Okay. He might want a higher wage contract. Although his replacement is already purchased at the club. He will start to get phased out in the same way that Bobby started to get phased out coming into this year. That's going to happen to Mane next year. Yeah, but it's going to be on a lesser degree because Mane is still more top class than the way that Bobby was. Like Bobby can still finish, I understand. But, and the way that he's utilized is extremely efficient, but Bobby is not what Bobby was. I understand. Which is why, though, I just think, like, given the resources that Liverpool have up top with Minamino, with Jota, with Harvey Elliott, with Mo. Minamino is actually a great shout because he's been showing a lot with, of signs yeah. that he didn't show early on. With all of them, I just, I think, not that Mane becomes expendable, but would you rather lose a player for free like we did with Wijnaldum or maybe sell a player a little bit too soon, but get money? I'm thinking if you get a Champions League, you don't give a crap what happens. Fair. Like, if you get it this year, you can look to move Mane, but... If you don't get it this year, you run it back next year with your current squad and maybe get like a signing or two. Because chances are I'm taking Liverpool right now to win the Prem the way that Man City are. Um, Even though Man City are dominant. Imagine the quadruple. 
you'd have enough money to sign Bellingham. I know. Like I that know. that's what I'm saying. If if it comes down to a situation like that and you're able to add like Bellingham on, you instantly keep Mane and try to run it back. Yep. And even if you don't win this year, I think you keep Mane and try to run it back and just see what happens because chances are he's not going to degress like in a drastic way. Yeah. That's fair. My whole point is just like get the money if you can. Yeah, I completely understand you. And maybe it's a January move for them, but I think you keep him at the beginning of the season and really That's wait fair. for Diaz to come into his role and more of that team that to... well, that's the thing i think diaz has already come into his role whenever he's he on has. the pitch he's he's the most dynamic player on the pitch whenever he you, comes on you know who else was like joda joda yes. is still amazing don't get me wrong he he yeah. deserves to be where he is but i would still take Mane over joda i would not at this point Joda Joda scores more goals. Um, I think I think the way Mane, that Mane is able to take pressure off of situations as a, an established superstar is why yes. I would take him. Joda is able to come in and show like glimpses of brilliance. Don't get me wrong, and play at a brilliant standard, but it's just not the same that Mane has well, done also, year in and year also- out. They're also just totally different players. Like Joda's more of a striker. Yeah. Mane is a pure winger. Yeah. Even though he 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 can play striker, but he's more of a pure winger. Joda's yeah. just a little bit more versatile in the sense that he doesn't really have a weak foot. He can play both well, sides. He, he can play. Foot. Yeah. He can he play in the middle. Doesn't. I know. So like. That's kind of where I stand on that, but we That's can get fair. into this conversation another time. I feel like we're going to go on and on and on about this forever. We're probably going to continue the conversation after we record, yeah. but I think this is a pretty good time to head out. Um, so this is all we got for this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week talking a little bit about international. Yep. And yeah. Adios. Finger guns. Peace. Peace. Oh,